Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I am Greg, and I'm back. We took a week off. If you haven't heard, I was in Ireland, actually. I went on vacation, my first vacation of the year. My only vacation of the year. <laughs> Say it like, oh, my first vacation of the year, as if I'm going on multiple other vacations later. Um, so if I get interrupted a lot in this podcast, it's because the cats are very happy to see us when we're home. We have three cats, and they won't leave me alone. And normally I put them out of the room when I record, but one, I couldn't help it because I miss them too. But two, they start scratching the doors and get really annoying. So you would hear them one way or the other. So hopefully uh, they'll just leave me alone, which won't happen. Um, in fact, my one cat, Sammy, always likes to jump up on the back of my chair uh, and claw me as I'm recording. <laughs> So that's not good. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that I have a massive fear of flying. And so, like, the last podcast was very somber, right, and very morbid because I was like, well, you know, if I if I don't see you or talk to you all again, just know that I missed you <laughs> and that I loved doing it, you know. Um, and so, obviously, I'm fine. I'm back home in the comfort of my own house. It's excellent. I'm very happy to be home. We were uh, we were in Ireland for, I think the whole trip I was gone, it'll always end up like, I left on a Thursday, came back on a Sunday the week after, so what's 10 days or whatever. Um, and it's amazing to believe it's over already. I, I, I mean, it's kind of how it always goes. Japan went even faster, but Ireland went very, very quick. It's a lot of driving though. Um, so anyway, before I get too much into it, so as you know, if you've been listening a long time, or if it's your first time here, normally we talk a lot about different video game news. I give my spin on things. We talk about things. Today is completely an Ireland podcast day. So I'm just going to go over my entire trip to Ireland and what that was all about. So if that doesn't interest you, I totally understand. Feel free to tune out. However, there is game information spread out in. In fact, there's one incredible story. Uh, of a chance encounter. And if you follow me on Twitter, you know what I'm talking about already. But if you don't, then that's fine. You should though. It's at Game Trade Greg. Um, and, uh, and there was a chance encounter that turned into this awesome meet and greet of someone, some amazing duo in, uh, in game development stationed in Ireland. And so we'll talk about that. And then uh, I actually did go game hunting. And so I'm going to be making a video, a two-part video on that, but I will do it as part of the podcast here. Hi, kitty cat. Um, and so I will do that as part of the podcast here. It may sound kind of disjointed because I'm going to be showing boxes and talking about things, but at least then you'll know what we got in. Plus, I'll be talking about the game and throwing in probably clips of footage just so that you know the video is more exciting, but at least you'll get to hear that. So there is no new stories today. And it's crazy because there were a lot of stories that happened when I was gone. It was quite the week to be gone. We had the blizzard um, where they banned a Hearthstone player from Taiwan who had you know been very political about... Yes, honey, I know. Um, have been very political about Taiwan and the, the freedom aspect of him. They banned him for a year, took all of his winnings away. Then they reversed that, gave him his money back, but then gave him a six-month suspension still. So it was just, like, there was a lot of stuff going on. And uh, and I was away for it. And I'll tell you, it was actually kind of nice. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then, you know, the store did really good. My guys did really good. There was a little bit of a, a really weird situation. I don't know how much I can talk about it. 
um, because it involves the police. But uh, basically, we had someone harassing us online, our business. And, you know, it sucked because I was out of town and, you know, people saying really horrible things. And then they say horrible things on every single post that you've made over the last six months. So you have to, you know, ban them from the page and go through and make sure none of these, you know, things happen. Uh, and then they also left a really nasty review, which I can't actually delete. So this review is up there of the business, which is full of inaccuracies and false accusations. And you're like, okay, well, all I can do is go to Facebook and say, you know, like, will you please take this down? It's, it's harassment and, and this and that. So I'm still waiting to hear back on that. But, uh, so yeah, so it was, so there's a lot of stuff going on, but I was really able to unplug, which is nice. I mean, that's all you can really ask for. I think, you know, a little bit of time off not think about it. And it sucks because, you know, when something really negative like that happens at the store, it's already tough on my guys when I'm gone. I know that, you know, I know that when I'm not there, it's extra stressful for them. But, you know, this is the sort of thing they get paid to deal with and they get paid to handle that. And, and I've trained them well. And then, uh, you know, I take care of them uh, in, in, in ways. So, you know, there's not really anything there that, that they can't handle and they're, and they're good at what they do. So it's fine. But anyway, I just want to get that out of the way first. So if you're not interested at all at hearing about my trip to Ireland, gaming and non-gaming related stuff all together, then that's what the whole podcast is about this week. But if you're along for the ride, come hang out and and, and we'll talk a little bit of fun uh, and we'll, we'll pretty much get right into it. I'm actually recording this Monday morning. Um, it is currently 6.30 in the morning because I'm jet lagged and I'm still on Ireland time. So like last night it was 10 p.m. and I'm like, I got to stay up till midnight or I'm going to wake up at four in the morning. And at 10 o'clock came around and I was just I could not stay awake anymore. And, uh, and I was like, oh, damn it. And so then I went uh, I went to sleep and of course woke up at 4 a.m. Um, like on the dot almost it's, it's so freaky. Like my, my, my body, my, my sleep cycle is like always consistent, which I love most of the time, except when I travel, because it took me four or five days to acclimate to that time. And now it's going to take me four or five days to acclimate back. And so, you know, it sucks. Japan was worse, but the six hour time difference to Ireland was, was sucked as well. <laughs> it's, you know, it just, it is what it is. So with that being said, we're going to talk about the trip. Uh, I, I'm not going to do a video out of the trip part of it. So this is just something that is going to be really casual kind of talk about. And I'm just going to go through the days. You know, I'm going to go through the trip um, as it was. So we left on Thursday. That would have been October 3rd. And um, we flew out of O'Hare. So we actually drove from Green Bay to O'Hare. So it was a you know couple hour drive. Flew out of O'Hare and I think it was, I think the plane left at, 9:30 I think that's right 8:30 or 9:30 at night. So it's an overnight flight. It takes uh it was a six and a half hour flight, but then you lose 6 hours. So we got there essentially at like 9:30 in the morning on Friday. Uh our we had other friends leaving from Minnesota that went and actually rented a car, so they picked us up that morning. And we were actually, we flew into Dublin, but we weren't staying in Dublin right away. And so it was really weird. So we got in a car and instantly drove two hours north to Belfast. <laughs> so you're like, I just got off a six and a half hour flight. What do I want to do? Sit in a car for two hours. Uh, but it was cool, you know, and, and it was an overnight flight, but I can't sleep on planes. So I wasn't able to do anything cool like that. Um, I know, I know. Goodness, these cats are animals. Uh, and, and they're walking all over my games. Come on, kid. Yep, the life of a cat owner. 
uh, when they're running rampant in your office. Uh, so we drove up to Belfast because part of the reason for this trip was we wanted to see a lot of the locations for Game of Thrones, and that was a big part of it. So we, we drove up. By the time we got up there, we were just about ready to check into our... Um, it was called the Coon, I think was the name of the, the bed and breakfast. And so they actually had rooms that the actors and actresses from Game of Thrones had stayed in. So they had the the Cersei Lannister room, which was where that actress, I forget her name, I'm spacing, sorry, where she stayed. And then you had the, uh, the a room where Jon Snow had stayed. So they called that the Jon Snow room and whatever. So they had all that stuff. Uh, and, and then they did like an authentic Game of Thrones meal included with this whole thing. So like that night, they actually made like a dinner of things that would have been made. Like they actually went through the books and found like when they were having a feast, like when King Robert comes to ask Ned to be his hand of the king, they have like a big feast when the king shows up, right? And so they actually went in and found like the the lines from the book that said this is what they would have eaten and they prepare that for you. And it was really nice. And the guy who, the, the couple that owns it, they're maybe in their 50s, late 50s, they came out and talked to us about everything and said, oh, here's you know why we made this. Here's why I made that. It was really cool. It, it was authentic. Like I wouldn't say it was like the best food I've ever had, but it was authentic to like, that universe. And I think that's pretty cool. There's something really neat to be said about having that. Um, and it was, a, and it was a lot of fun. So we did that. And then, uh, that was that evening. And then we pretty much just went to bed. I mean, there's not, I mean, you're, you're like wiped at that point. Uh, so, um, the next day we actually had a tour set up to go to actually check out where they filmed Winterfell castles. So I forget the name of the castle, but you go up there and it's much underwhelming compared to the actual Winterfell castle. Cause they use a lot of CG and, and stuff like that. So they use a lot of, uh, I should say, um, computer generated techniques to enhance the show. And so you go there and it's really like not even a two story building. It's like a one story walled in castle, but that's where they filmed it. And so there's something really neat about that, I think. And so we went in there we did a few things. We we took a tour around the grounds where the the tour guide is showing you spots where they filmed certain scenes in the show. It's really cool, you know, and they would show like, oh, this is the scene where, you know, Arya and the Hound are walking here. This is the scene where this person's walking with this person here. And so there was a whole, you know, a whole bunch of neat things like that. And, uh, and it was cool. Uh, and so they did a lot of stuff like that. Uh, and then afterwards, we actually took an archery class. So we, uh, which I have video of, maybe I'll upload that sometime, but we, but we, maybe I should do that on Twitter. Actually. It's a nice short little thing. So again, follow me on Twitter to see all the cool updates and stuff like that. And, uh, and so we did an archery thing and they actually had a little contest between us. I did not win. Um, unfortunately I, I finally started getting my groove of where I wanted to aim and to get accurate after like it was too late to win. Um, so that was a lot of fun though. So we did that. And then we wrapped that all up with a, with like, a a falconry demonstration. So like a, 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 like a bird handler came by and he had falcons, uh, and he had like, we put the gloves on, you know, we got to have the falcon hang out with us. And then he showed us some of the tricks where he like sends the falcon off and then calls it back. It, it was super cool. Uh, and, and so that was just this really awesome experience. You know, very touristy. Like I'm the first to say, you know, like we didn't, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, but it was a lot of fun. So if you like Game of Thrones, there's a lot of Game of Thrones stuff to do in Ireland, in Northern Ireland, especially where they filmed the first few seasons. There's so much stuff up there. It's, it's almost like the Wisconsin Dells for just Game of Thrones stuff. <laughs> so definitely check it out. It's great. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So that was really our first day there. And then, you know, a lot of this other stuff is kind of a blur. So like the days after we went and saw a few other things, like we went and saw, you know, castles and we went and saw as much stuff as we could, Did a lot of walking. 
And you know the thing about Dublin, a lot of stairs. A lot of stairs. <laughs> a lot of walking, a lot of stairs. Um, but I'm going to... I want to see if I can just look up my pictures. Because that'll be the best way to go through it, is to kind of go through all the pictures I took, I think. So let's see. This is... Uh, where are we at here? Oh, yeah. And there's, there's some wacky snacks over there, too. I tweeted this out, too, but they have, like, a grilled steak-flavored Doritos. Absolutely vile. Absolutely vile. They sound good. I know. They sound delicious. They are not. They taste like what the burned bits would taste like at the bottom of your oven. <laughs> That's what it tasted like. It was awful. Um, okay. So, oh, that the other thing, too. So when we were at the at where they filmed Game of Thrones at Winterfell, I... We got to meet the direwolves. Like there's a, there's a quote unquote direwolf meaning session, and you meet two of the dogs that were puppies when they filmed the direwolf uh, episode, like the first episode with the direwolves. So you get to meet them, and it's so cool. And I and he and it was actually the owner was there giving us a tour and talking to us about it, saying things like, "Oh, um, you know, this person." Uh, Jon Snow offered to purchase this one or this actor offered to purchase this one. We said, no, there are puppies. We're not getting rid of them. All this other stuff. And they actually breed them too. And so the crazy thing about that is I'm sure they make unbelievable amounts of money based off of uh, based off of selling the, the pups and stuff. Uh, but it was, oh, they're so sweet. The, the dogs were so cute and so sweet. Um, Part of that tour as well, we saw the actual helmet that the hound wears. So it's like the, um, like the metal, you know, the metal like hound like closing shut, and it looks like like the actual helmet is there that was worn in filming. And so they had it there. We're like, oh, this is so cool. And then he goes, and I'd like to tell you, he's like, I have to apologize in advance. Normally, you can put it on, but a month ago, and he's called. He's like, a month ago. A man from Florida, go figure. A month ago, a month, a man from Florida went to put it on his head and he dropped it behind him and it, it broke it, basically. And so they were able to repair it to get it to look good again, but it's broken forever. You can't put it on and wear it anymore because some idiot from Florida. So that sucked, <laughs> but getting to see it was amazing. Uh, and so then you walk around the grounds, you see uh, all these cool things, you see all these castles and ruins and stuff. And there was uh, nearby, there was the. Um, I forget what they call it. It's called like the dark wood or something like that. But it's like this really cool, like these trees overhang. There's like these twisting trees and stuff. I think that was also featured in the show. I've got pictures of that. And there's a hotel there that had, uh, there's a hotel there that had like uh, an actual iron throne that you could sit on. Um, they couldn't call it the iron throne. You know, it's funny like how they dance around um, like the legalities of not having the rights to anything on the show. <laughs> um and then we went up to, I don't know the name of this place, but it was beautiful. Another castle, you know, and it was a really nice day actually, but Ireland weather is weird. If you've never been there or the UK, like it goes from raining to sunny in like five minutes. And that's not an exaggeration. Like it'll be pouring rain and then the rain will quit and the sun will come out and you're like, oh, cool. And then 10 minutes later, the rain's pouring again. It's so weird, um, but it's cool. Um, and so we actually saw... Uh, some really cool stuff. Uh, we saw a few, like, again, it was a castle, and then there was this, like, walk out to these cliffs on this bay. It was really, really, I don't know, really beautiful stuff. Um, so we went and saw a couple different castles. I went back to the Airbnb. I couldn't figure out how to use the stove. You know, this sort of thing. <laughs> uh, and then on our way out of, so we actually hit, like, we stayed in three different places. We stayed in Belfast, actually north of Belfast. We stayed north of Belfast. Then we stayed in Galway, which is, like, western 
mid midwestern Ireland, and then we stayed in Dublin, which is like southeast Ireland. And so as we were going from Belfast to Galway, we stopped at these caves. There's really cool caves that uh, unfortunately we couldn't take the full tour because the water had been so heavy that it actually was filling up the caves. So you could only go so far before the water became treacherous. But, you know, you just, I don't know, it's really awesome. You know, just these really, it's, it's a really beautiful place as far as sightseeing of natural occurrences goes like things like cliffs caves that sort of thing if you're into that sort of thing it is very beautiful for that. I mean, the countryside's beautiful too of course but some of these things you see are just like oh, like they're they're incredible um and so then uh you know so then that night we get into that was monday night at that point so we get into Galway and we're like okay let's just walk down the street because our Airbnbs were always right in the center districts we like having them so we can walk to everything even though we had rented a car the car we rented was to fit seven people so this thing was a, a boat you know and um and so we're in Galway Ireland and we're walking down the street and we're like let's go find someplace to eat let's hit a little grocery store or something you know and I'm walking by and I'm thinking about game stores because we didn't have time in Belfast to stop and I was like well in Galway and in Dublin I'm gonna hit a few game stores and I'm walking by and I see a sign for Romero games and I just stopped dead in my tracks. I'm like, wait a minute. That's, is this a game store? Why would, why would Romero games? And I'm like Romero. And of course I'm thinking, yeah, it's John Romero who made doom. Right. And I'm like, so, okay. And so I look at it and I'm like, I got, I Google search it and it's straight up. It's exactly where the development studio is of Romero games. Who's currently working on empire of sin. And obviously John and Brenda Romero who are, John obviously worked on Doom. Brenda's worked on a ton of games. She's worked on Wizardry. She worked on, um, I mean, tons of stuff. I'm just saying things that I recognize off the top of my head. Wizardry, she was actually lead designer on Dungeons & Dragons Heroes for original Xbox. It's kind of like a four-player Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance game, but for the Xbox only. Totally fun. It's actually really good. And I had to tell her that. I was like, this game's really good. And she laughed a little bit because she's like, oh, you know, that game came together in the last month. There was no inventory system. There was nothing else. We got all working in the last month. I'm like, that's incredible. Um, now, and obviously since I talked to her, the next part of the story that's crazy is that I got to meet them. I got to meet them both. So this is like Monday night at 10 PM or something. I'm outside their place going, wow, this is crazy. That's so cool. And then I don't think anything of it. And I, I go down and I'm part of a Facebook group that's, um, PC big box collectors, you know, so it's for people who collect the old school, big computer game boxes and stuff like that. And John and Brenda are actually in that group. And I knew that already because I had seen them comment on people's posts and whatnot. And so I was, you know, I just put a post up and said, I took a picture of their sign and said, Oh my gosh, I'm like total chance encounter. I was just walking by. And that's literally the truth. I was just walking by, had no idea it was even in that city. And I just walked by and was like, whoa, and stopped dead in my tracks. So then I look over and I'm like, this is so cool. So I tag him in the post and said, hey, do you guys do tours? And I did a winky face, like not expecting anything. Like a half hour later, Brenda replies to the Facebook post and goes, you know, I'm sorry we don't do tours. We have a museum we're working on and a tour system we're working on. It won't start for about six months. But maybe if you're around, we could have a meet and greet real quick. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I couldn't believe that. So I actually messaged her and said, hey, you know, uh, uh, I said, that's such a generous offer. I said, you know, we're only in town a few days though. And I understand that you guys have work to do and you're professionals. And so we decided to meet for, uh, for coffee on Wednesday morning. So this was Monday night. We set up for Wednesday morning. And so Wednesday morning comes around and we went to this little coffee shop and it was actually kind of funny. Um, they were running behind and, you know, I guess John was leaving the next day to go to a convention in like Brazil. So he's getting ready to leave. 
And so they didn't want to do anything too late because I was saying, oh, I'll buy you guys a, a beer or two if you wanted to. And uh, but they weren't they didn't want to. They wanted to get coffee because they're super busy and, and they're they're close to a milestone for Empire of Sin. So they're like, you know, it's crunch time for them for this milestone. And so originally she had sent me a message as we were walking there. She sent me a message saying, hey, can we do this later? We don't have a lot of time We're running late. And I didn't even I didn't catch the message. So I get to the cafe and she actually came into the cafe. I think she went to get something to go and saw us there. And I was like, hey, Brent, how are you? And she, I think she was like in her head was saying, oh, shit, like he must not have got the message. So her and John were really nice. They still sat down with us for like 15 minutes. And, you know, it's it wasn't very long. And I didn't expect it to be. I really didn't expect it to be like this. Oh, you know, this and that. And I would have loved to have my audio equipment there and like record a cool like interview. It wasn't like that. It was seriously like, hey, you guys are cool. You made games that I love. My wife and I are in town. We just wanted to say hi. <laughs> like that's literally all it was. And it was really great, actually. Uh, and, and they're super down to earth people. John's very quiet. Like, uh, he didn't talk very much at all. He's very quiet. Brenda's definitely like the, the talkative and, 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 um, like forefront one. And John just kind of hangs out in the back. And, and it, I feel bad cause I was trying to, I'm just gonna be totally honest with you. I was trying not to be totally gushing over John, right? Because obviously doom is hugely impactful on me growing up. I love that game. I have it. I don't know, a hundred different ways maybe, but I didn't want to just be like, Oh, John doom, Oh, doom. Oh, you know, be like a stupid fanboy. So I kept talking to Brenda too. And I actually had to Wikipedia Brenda and be like, what games have you worked on that I might know? And I saw D and D heroes and I saw other stuff. I was like, okay, this is cool. And so I talked to her about that and I didn't really get to talk to John much about anything. Um, but it was cool. You know, we talked a little bit about why they moved to Galway from, cause they actually immigrated there from the U S originally, both of them. And they moved to Ireland by choice. And, and that we learned that Galway is like the technological center of Ireland. There's so many talented people there. And she said the only issue they have for hiring is they can't find artists because so many of the artists were working on Game of Thrones and the digital stuff. Now that that's done, apparently the talent pool is going to be more diverse again. And so it was really cool, but they were just super down to earth. We took, we got to take pictures. Um, I bought a Romero game shirt and a book, um, and then got those signed, you know, got the book signed and it was just so cool. I mean, like I said, they were, they, I came into their lives in like a whirlwind totally thrown off their schedule and they still made time in the middle of all that busy time like that is so cool and it's always a little nerve-wracking when you meet people who you um you know look up to i guess i would say in a sense or have idolized i guess is probably the better word but just looked up to because it's weird because a lot of times they disappoint <laughs> and a lot of times you in your head you 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 put up that these people are somehow different or, or above you or something and you forget that there's actual people you know, and, and I, I don't usually do that. I actually keep myself pretty grounded, but you know, because, but there are, they're just regular people, you know, they have breakfast, <laughs> they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like the rest of us. And, and, uh, and so it was cool though. So I got a picture with John. Brenda didn't want to take a picture cause she didn't do it. She's in her time. She said she's in crunch mode with no makeup on. So she didn't want to. And I understand that you don't want to take pictures. You're not looking your best. I can totally understand most of the pictures of me in Ireland because it's so damn windy all the time looks like I'm just bald because the hair, the wind is just like completely disheveled my hair and it just looks like it's non-existent. <laughs> so it's just, uh, just great. Uh, and, uh, and have the time you're looking into the sun. It's great. It's great. Uh, and so anyway, that was just incredible chance meeting though. I had no idea they were even there. Like I knew they weren't in the States anymore. I didn't even remember that they were in Ireland and I saw it. And I'm not even kidding. I mean, it stopped me dead in my tracks. I was, I stopped, I almost tripped. And I looked up at the sign. I'm like, what in the hell is this? And of course, all the people I'm with, like my brother, he, him and I are working on a game together. So like he knows games and he's played Doom, obviously, but he doesn't, he's not really big on the biz dev side of things. And me, I love the stories. Obviously I do these news articles and I'm always reading 
all that different, uh, the different angles of game development, not just the fan side of enjoying the content. And, uh, you know, and so like nobody else gave a shit basically, <laughs> but I was like, no one else cared. And I was like, this is amazing. Uh, and so I got to meet them and that was really awesome. And then after I did that, I did a little bit of shopping. So I went and uh, I'm going to actually do this segment at the end, but I went to a CEX store, which is like a used video game store there. So I went there and I found a few games to buy and yeah, and, and that was, and that was pretty wild. And then, um, let me see my pictures here and see, cause this, this is kind of my memory to help me get through it all, you know? Um, and then, oh yeah. Okay. So then out of, on the way out of town, we stopped at, was this the, sorry, it's like hard to tell. You go to a lot of cliffs. Oh, so we went to, um, we went to, we had a boat tour actually. So the next day we had a boat tour set up to view the Skellig Isles. So that's kind of like southwestern part of Ireland. And the Skellig Isles are basically were inspiration for a lot of things like Skellige and Witcher. I know it's like right pretty much on the nose. Come on, kitty. She keeps like chewing at my leg. I'm like, just get up here. Um, and so we went and checked out Skellig. We we're supposed to have a boat tour. We get there tour doesn't show up we we give them a call oh yeah we sent out an email yesterday saying we canceled all the tours because of bad weather and we're like uh no you didn't <laughs> and so we drove actually we had to drive four hours to get there drove four hours to get there uh and that's disappointing you know <laughs> to uh drive four hours and not get to but we still got to drive around and you there are like these winding roads and you can drive around and see some of the most amazing like vistas uh and views that you've probably ever seen in your life like it's just beautiful and so that was uh that was really really nice and so we still got to see skellig the skellig isles we got to see skellig michael which is where they filmed uh the luke skywalker scene in episode eight like when he's on with all the porgs uh he's on an island with all of them that's basically skellig michael so we got to see that uh from a distance we didn't get to go out there or anything uh and unfortunately it was too late all of the uh, puffins were away for the season so if you don't know the reason they one of the reasons they put porgs in the movie was because when they were filming the puffins which are like these little they're flying birds that look just like penguins and they took over the island basically <laughs> and they're everywhere so they just cg'd out <laughs> the penguins and put in the porgs um uh but they were already gone for the season unfortunately as it gets cold they moved to warmer areas and so we at being there in the fall they're usually gone by like august or september so we missed seeing them in the in the flesh but it was really great and there's just so many things to walk around and see and and after a while though i'll admit because this was our last day this was like our last day there in galway and then we were going to dublin and so you're thinking the whole time well i mean you can only see so many castles right <laughs> you can only see so many cool vistas and cool cliffs and waterfalls before you're like okay like i've seen i've seen like five waterfalls okay like i don't i don't number six i'm, I'm gonna stay in the car number six waterfall i'm good and so we uh oh don't squeak at me little one she's being a brat even though i've got her on my lap uh and so you know after a while you get kind of bored with that stuff and then there was one though one of the people we were traveling with a friend of ours her family namesake has a, had a castle around there. So we went to that. I think technically I'm thinking this was actually not in Galway. This was, uh, this was, I think actually technically back near Belfast. I think, I don't know. Like I said, all kind of blended together. Saw a lot of stuff. The first three days, especially were really crazy. 
And uh, and so we wanted to go check out this castle, which is right on like a cliff that's down underneath. But you park high up on the thing. You go down probably 200 flights, of, you know, 200 stairs and then cross this muddy, grassy, watery crap. And then you are at this awesome broken down castle. It's got like two walls left, <laughs> but it is unbelievable. Uh, and then you have to walk all the way back up. And that destroyed me that day. Like my, I've, I've, I've got a bad knee. Like my left knee is pretty rough. Uh, and normally walking is fine. I can walk a lot, but like stairs, yeah, stairs really do a number on me and stairs. They, that, that sucked bad. Um, so you know that, you know, it, it is what it is, but it was cool. It was still cool seeing, you know, that castle that was, like I said, like a namesake of friends. So then, uh, as we were heading out to Dublin, before we got there, we stopped at the Cliffs of Door. So this was used in a few different things. One, there's the Horcrux Cave from Harry Potter is was filmed there, like the external shot. And then the Cliffs of Insanity. If you've ever seen the movie The Princess Bride, which I absolutely love. It's one of my favorite movies. They, they did a shot where um, Andre the Giant is carrying everyone like up this hillside. It's um, And... Uh, and that's where they filmed it. They filmed it. Uh, they filmed it at the Cliffs of Door, and they call it the Cliffs of Insanity. And we got the exact shot, like of the part they filmed on. It's so cool. So we did that, and it's unbelievably windy. Like if they didn't have fences and stuff, I would say probably fifty to hundred people a month would get blown off, <laughs> and, and would die. It's it's that like it's so you could be walking, and the wind will almost push you over. It's it's awesome though. It's super super cool. Um, and then like, there are some signs where you leave like the safety of the park. And then after you get past that, there's like less fences and they say, Hey, look, this is your personal responsibility. You walk out here, you're all on your own. And, uh, and you are, <laughs> um, uh, on the way there, uh, on the way to Dublin, we stopped at the oldest pub in Ireland. I forget what it was called now. Sean's pub, I think, or something like that. It's like the oldest pub in all of Ireland. They said it was formed somewhere around they say 9960 AD or something like that. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so there's that one that was the oldest pub in Ireland. Uh, and then uh, so we get to Dublin and again one of the first days we're walking and I walk past a building has a very nondescript sign on the outside that says Larian Studios. And I'm walking and I, again, stopped dead in my tracks. Again, not planned. Had no idea what it was, what we were going. And I'm like, that's the studio that did Divinity Original Sin. <laughs> like, And they're working on the new Baldur's Gate 3. I'm like, are you kidding me? These, these Right here, I just walked right past. And I totally should have knocked. And I probably could have met them, but I didn't. And I, I, it's funny because in the States, most game development studios don't even have their like an address listed because they don't want fans banging on the door all day like they got work to do you know and I didn't want to bother them they're obviously got a lot of stuff going on but I thought it was just unbelievably cool that I just happened and I just stumbled across it again just walking down the street just mm, 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 walking down the street and I look over oh my god <laughs> like it, it's it's crazy it, it, like two chance encounters like that while in Ireland I was not expecting and so that really cranked up the trip for me which is cool uh, and then, you know, Dublin, we didn't do a whole lot of sightseeing. We, uh, um, we, uh, what do we do? Fr Friday we did the, oh, so Friday we did the, uh, we went to the Jameson, you know, it's a famous whiskey brand and we, uh, we, we signed up for a mixing class and you never know what you're going to get with this stuff, right? Like a mixing class. Like what do we gonna do? 
well, they also gave us a little bit of a history lesson, but the mixing class was one of the coolest things we did when we were there. So a mixing and blending class, I should say, blending class. And so they gave us a little bit of rundown. You have, you know, they give you the three different varieties of whiskey. He tells you, like, here's the proper way. If you want to taste the difference between whiskeys, here's how you can do it. We did a little bit of pairing with some food. I'm like, this, it was awesome. And at the end, he gave us three bottles of different types of Jameson whiskey and let us blend our own mix. So we get to make our own mix, bottle it, and bring it home. I mean, it's so cool. So I have, like, a, I have a special Jameson whiskey mix that's just my own uh and that's it and it's so so cool and and so the whole thing was really neat uh we did that and then afterwards we went and had dinner uh the food is great you know a lot of people will give you a hard time about the food well first of all in a city like dublin it's there's all kinds of food anywhere you want i mean we had japanese noodles one night we had fire roasted pizza one night and then we had um Indian food another night. So it there's, you know, whatever. But traditional Irish food. So, like, I had a traditional, quote-unquote, Irish breakfast, similar to an English breakfast, I think, in almost every way. And then uh, we I had, um, at this one place we went to, I had uh, cottage pie, which, my God, it's basically, like, gravy hamburger meat and then mashed potatoes on top. And, oh, my God, dude, it's so good. Like, it's just so good. It almost had the consistency of taco meat, you know, where it's got almost like a sauce to it, you know, like it's like a sort of gravy. So there's that. There's, you know, peas and carrots mixed into that, and then just a layer of mashed potatoes on top of it, and you just dig right in, man. It's, mm, that's so freaking good. That was so freaking good. So the food there is great. And then, of course, we finished up yesterday. Or, no, and, and then on Friday night, I forgot about this. So we, I'm a sucker for stupid stuff like this. And again, it's touristy. I know, but Friday night we signed up for a haunted tour, the grave digger tour of Ireland's of Dublin's. So basically you get on a bus and they take you onto spooky haunted places and tell you stories of the history of Dublin as like ghost stories. You know, it's, it's fun. I know, I know it's cheesy. It's hokey, but it's fun. And, uh, and it was, it was really fun. Uh, the guys, they were really into it. You know, that's the thing when you, when you have a tour like that, they were actually in costume. And the one guy was like a, a, a dead guy with the plague was his character, you know, running the tour. And they did a great job though. And they, uh, they were so enthusiastic about it. And if you're not enthusiastic about that and you're not sincere about how much you enjoy it, it's not any fun for the people there or for the people doing it. And it was great. And so that tour was really good. If you're ever there, I do recommend it. It's totally cheesy and hokey, though, so don't hold me to it that it's, like, fun or anything. Uh, but it was good. And then we went to a couple different places. You know, you sightsee, like, oh, this was the place where this was an asylum. This was this. A lot of people died here. They explain how they used to, you know, take care of people who had the plague because the plague was running rampant in Ireland because of poor people. And I should <laughs> – sorry. Let me back. Not because of poor people. Because people were poor. And couldn't, uh, and so as people were dying, they couldn't afford to properly take care of them and stuff like that. So that's why I kept spreading. Not because it's not the poor people's fault. Ah. <laughs> sound like I sound like some politicians right now. Ah, oh, those poor people, um, always being poor and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so anyway, uh, that was cool. That was a lot of fun. The Grave Digger Spooky Tour in Dublin, Ireland. And that was fun. And that was really our last planned thing. And then the last thing we had to do to top off the whole trip was the Guinness Storehouse. So Guinness, obviously, if you don't know, Guinness is one of the most popular, if not the most popular beer in the entire world. It's very dark. You practically eat it with a spoon. And it is good. And I like it a lot. Uh, well, I shouldn't say I like it a lot. I like it okay. I prefer, I'm more of a, of a lager man myself, but... Uh, you know, it's fine. It's, it's, it's a good, it's a good, uh, you know, dark, uh, 
like really like stout beer and uh so but you go there and when you have one fresh on tap from the place now to be fair i don't think they actually make it there anymore i'm sure they've moved it off site but this was like the original location of the guinness warehouse and they all because that was the same thing with jameson too like they they used to be in the exact building we were where the original were the original places but then they moved off site and part of the reason that jameson said they moved was because guinness kept buying up all the good <laughs> all the good uh grain and everything from the area so they needed to move away but anyway then they reopened these as, as essentially as tourist attractions as historical markers and such and so when you have though a fresh poured pint of guinness at the Guinness Storehouse, it was really cool. And the top floor is what they call the Gravity Bar. And you go up there, it's the seventh floor, it's the top of the of the Guinness Brewery, or the Guinness Store. They call it the Storehouse, it's not really a brewery anymore. And you go up there, and you get a great, great view of Dublin. And, uh, and it's really, really cool. <clears throat> and uh, just a beautiful place, man. A beautiful country. And, and, and if you're into sightseeing and, and natural formations, absolutely a million things for you to see there. You know, I, I was feeling a little underwhelmed until I got to, once we got out of the game of Thrones stuff, as much as I enjoyed that, it was a lot of sightseeing. The first three days were like nonstop, go, go, go check out this rock formation, check this out, look at this, look at that. And so it's a lot of walking and it's a lot of, you know, so you're tired all the time and your feet hurt all the time. Uh, and, uh, but it's really, it was really, really great place. I don't, I can't say I'll ever go back. I've got so many other places I want to visit before repeating a place except for Japan. Uh, I'm definitely going back to Japan soon. Well, soon ish, uh, 2020, I believe is when Jenny and I are planning on going back. No, 2021 actually. Cause it's uh, next, next year is, uh, I'm going to the UK for Jenny's sister's wedding. So I'll be going that and then that'll be our only trip, unfortunately, of the year. <clears throat> but uh it was it was a really neat place, so really, really beautiful in the city life too. It was it was wild, you know, Dublin. I walked everywhere, I got a lot of free roaming time, which is which is where I got all my video game stuff from. And I got way more than I thought I would, I won't lie. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot more than I thought I'd pick up. And some of this stuff oops, some of this stuff is gifts for people and some of it is stuff i thought was cool that were europe exclusives uh like pal exclusives that we never got in the states and some were yeah i guess that's about it so um yeah so that was pretty much just the the, the, uh, the ireland tour as it were and then now i'm gonna go through the segments where i talk about the game finds this should be pretty cool i think um so i gotta figure out which one i went to first so yeah, this um let me let me kind of cue this up a little bit so I can so I can they must have a lot of these stores. And I found out later that there were two other CEX stores within walking distance I could have went to, and I didn't know they were in there because I Google searched CEX and I found one, so I didn't think to look for more, but that's my fault. Uh okay, so then I gotta get my piles set up here. And so this obviously we won't have a pickup pile of the week or a game of the week this week since it's such a weird one, and I won't lie, I'm just jet lagged and I just want to get this out there and get this ready for y'all and then i can go back to normalcy next week <laughs> that's the plan back to normal next week um but so today we're getting a little wild with it but let me uh let me kind of cue this up here we'll see if i can uh earth to <laughs> 
Ursula's garbage website. I'm on CEX's website, and they just... It sucks. <clears throat> uh, anyway, so... Cool. Um, all right. Let me, yeah, I'm going to queue this up and then uh, we'll, we'll finish off the podcast with, uh, with talking about games. So finally some game stuff. If, if the doom stuff didn't do it for you, but you're still hanging on, here's what you've been waiting for. 38 to 40 minutes in, <laughs> you are ready to go. All right, here we go. Hey everyone. So of course, uh, I was in Ireland recently, if you didn't know, and I want to talk about some of the game pickups I had when I was there and we've had some, <laughs> not a, a, you know, I actually did pretty good. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to lie. I did pretty good. Uh, there is some, there's some really, really, uh, mediocre stuff and there's some cool stuff. So don't, don't get your hopes up too high. But, uh, the first place I want to talk about was I stopped at CEX. So I stopped at a few different CEX stores but this, uh, if you're in the Green Bay area, I would say the closest you'd get to is something like this would be like Mega Media Exchange or Preplayed, kind of like an all multimedia sort of store. Uh, but they're a franchise and they are everywhere. They are all over the UK, all over Ireland. So there's tons of these. And that's cool. Uh, you know, they can do with their thing. Uh, they only really carry, like they do carry retro stuff. I found, I did find an N64 game there actually. But for the most part, they didn't have anything like that uh they mostly had they mostly just had like ps2 and up i guess i would say and so this is a website here uh let me kind of run through these as i got them so a few things i'm just going to kind of rapid fire we're going to do two parts this video one part is cex and then the next part is when i hit two other stores that were more independently owned you know kind of kind of cool stuff so um so first up i picked up a copy of you know what? Actually, let me. Sorry, podcast listeners. I'm gonna change up how I'm doing this real quick because I need to. I need to blow this up a little bit because right now it's like you can't see the titles of the games or anything. <clears throat> All right. Ah, yeah. Live, 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 live. Right. Everybody always talk about that. Let's talk about how how awesome everything live is. Me. Man, this I am ill prepared. What is this? This is more like a regular podcast than we thought. I'm always ill prepared. Uh, okay, so these are other ones. I gotta get my pile straight here. Can't forget this. Okay. Okay. So, first up, I have a copy of Melgar Salad 4. Just the PAL version. No big deal. It's for PS3, but I do collect every Metal Gear game, or I try to. So I had to add this one to the collection. That was just a, just a must-have. Um, then I picked up... This actually isn't for me. This is for my friend Dom. And it's so funny. I'll tell a story to go along with this. But I picked up Home Alone. Sorry about the green screen affecting the, uh, the uh, lettering a little bit there. So I picked up a copy of Home Alone. This was only released in Europe. And it's apparently a terrible, terrible game, but Dom's a huge Home Alone fan, so I'm like, oh, I gotta get this for him. And and what's really funny about this, I just had a customer call, I think two weeks ago, and asked if we had it. And I was like, well, no, sorry, that's an import. You know, not that we don't carry imports, but it's hard to find or whatever. Because originally they asked my part-timer if we had the Home Alone game, and I said, well, I don't think they made a Home Alone game for PS2, and then I, of course, did some research and found it out. So, unfor- and, and unfortunately, like, most people don't realize that, uh, you know, sorry, we don't all know everything about every game. So I picked up Home Alone. Oh, man. I'm sorry, everybody, on the podcast. So for some reason, my camera's autofocusing is on. And every time I pick up a game, it focuses on it and loses focus on everything else. So, ah, man, I just want to get this over. <laughs> so annoying. I'm sorry. 
it's this <sighs> okay so i gotta configure video because for some reason these logitech webcams lose your settings they don't keep it on so let's see here webcam control could you not autofocus please thanks thanks that's all i wanted that's all i wanted all right i don't want to do well, since i got this since, since i'm wasting all your time with this i might as well waste a little bit more So I gotta go over here. Okay. Um, hmm. <laughs> Let me see about this. So can I take the green screen off for of this? I know, kitty cat. I know. You know what? I will. I'll take the green screen off. Who cares? Who cares? Don't need to show the website. Now, if I click on this one, does it go back? It does. Okay. Please be quiet, kitty cat. <laughs> All right. Well, and thank you again, podcast listeners, for, um, you know, for. Uh... <laughs> for sticking with me while I dink around with all this madness. Um, OK, so let's go back up to this. So, um, yeah. All right. All right, so here we go. We're going to start this fresh again. So thank you. Thank you for being patient. It's it's just so much easier for me to have like these launching points for when I do a video. Hey, everyone. So today we're going to talk a little bit about my pickups when I was in Ireland. So I went on a trip to Ireland recently uh, for uh, about almost two weeks, almost two weeks. And I hit a few different game stores in there. The first one, this one you can kind of see here, CEX. This is a big chain. This is uh, This is all over... All over, I think all over Europe, actually, but I know there's a lot in the UK and there's quite a few in Ireland as well. And this is, I guess, if you live in Wisconsin, you would have known this to be something similar to like a mega media exchange or a preplate, something like that. Uh, we don't really have much like this anymore, but they're they're a very big company. They do a lot of stores, a lot of franchises. They do giveaways. You can win 10,000 euro here, apparently. Um, so anyway, we're going to talk about that first in this first video. And then there's like a second video that's coming out that will be the pickups I had at the more indie shops. So definitely check that out. That's also very cool. Some really neat stuff there. Um, however, though, to begin, we, uh, I picked up a copy of Metal Gear Solid 4. Now, this is just a regular PS3 copy, but it's the PAL version. I'm a big Metal Gear collector, if you don't know. And so I, uh, I always want to get everything. Plus, you notice on their art, the cover art, much cooler than ours. Uh, you know, we just got kind of the CG version of Snake's face on our cover. This is the Yoji Shinkawa art. Like, this is just, man, that's that's how it should be, you know. We should have we should have gotten that art, which we technically did get really cool art like that on the collector's edition, not on the regular. Uh, next up, this is for actually one of my uh, employees. I picked up a copy of Home Alone on PS2. So apparently this game is total trash, but my friend is a huge movie buff and he's a huge Home Alone fan. So when you see a game like this out in the wild and it's only four euro, you just pick it up and you don't ask questions. Um, what's really funny too is we actually had a customer call us about this game a few weeks ago. And I'm ashamed to admit I just didn't know that they had done a Home Alone game for PS2 at that point. And they called and said, hey, do you have Home Alone for PS2? I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure they didn't do Home Alone for PS2. Well, looking it up, obviously found out later. So they did do one. Uh, and I just happened to stumble upon it when I was in Ireland. So that's one of the gifts I've got going to Dom. Uh, moving on with my Metal Gear collection, I picked up a copy of uh, Metal Gear Solid 3. Again, sorry, trying to get a picture where the light's not destroying it here. So Metal Gear Solid 3, um, you know, nothing special, just Snake Eater, but it is obviously the PAL version again for my 
collection. I'd like to get every copy of every Metal Gear game. And yeah, I can order these online, but the shipping alone is typically five to ten dollars. So if you can get a game around ten bucks, it's not too bad. Um, let's see here. I have. I want to see if I have any other Metal Gear games in here. I don't think so. Oh, I did. I forgot about this one. Picked up a copy of Metal Gear Solid Two as well. So I got the. Uh, got the PAL version of Metal Gear Solid 2, you know, five, I think it was technically marked down to four euro, but five, you know, same art as we got. It's not a huge difference, but it was pretty cool. You know, there's a special sticker on it and stuff just to signify that it's, you know, and the rating from a different region. Um, so then I went a little crazy with, let me kind of get my piles organized here. Uh, another friend, well, Dave, my employee, I should say, I got him some souvenirs as well. So we went with some Resident Evil stuff because he is really easy to shop for if you get Resident Evil stuff. So obviously original Resident Evil picked this up for, you know, 10 Euro. It's the GameCube version. Now this is really cool. Check this out. This is how they do their dual disc cases in Europe. These are awesome. <laughs> these are really, really awesome. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and then obviously picked up, whoops, the disc fell out. Of course they did. Uh, Resident Evil four for GameCube as well. So this also has the, uh, see, the discs are going to fall out. This also has the double disc case. This is pretty cool stuff. And then the memory card holder here as well. Uh, that's neat, though. Uh, and so it's easy to get Dave's stuff when I'm away. All I got to do is find him some Resident Evil stuff. Just like my Metal Gear collection, he is Resident Evil. Uh, so then I had the Wii version of Resident Evil. Now, again, we got this in the States, no problem. Our cover, however, sucks. Like, like Leon is just there holding a gun with the chainsaw guy behind him. Look at this cover. Look how cool this is, uh, which obviously is a play off of the Japanese and European Resident Evil 4 covers originally, which is what I have here. So I found a PS2 version of this as well. So obviously, but the all white version, like this is just a sweet case. This is one of the coolest cases I've ever seen. And like I just showed you here, we're, we're uh, oozing into uh, Resident Evil 4 for PS2. So I got another, another Resident Evil game for Dave. So this is kind of the Resident Evil pile. I did find a few others. I think there's one more Resident Evil game I got in another store. We're going to talk about that in another video. This is mostly the CEX find. So this was in Dublin, Ireland, and in Galway, Ireland, when I was in both places. So I hit two different CEX stores to get what I'm showing you here. Um, so then I picked up... Uh, <laughs> this is this is another one for Dom, uh, one of my other employees. So I picked up a physical copy of Here They Lie. It's, it's a PSVR horror game for PS4. We never got a physical here in the States. And so, um, you know, just a little collectible. I mean, it's, it's eight euro. You know, you just... When you see stuff like this, you just pick it up. So, pretty cool. Uh, and then, so I have a friend named John who's a, a big collector uh, and a really weird guy. So, if you can imagine, his collection is big and weird. So, every now and then when I'm out and about traveling, I just find him cheap, terrible, garbage-looking games. And I buy him a whole bunch. Because that's how good of a friend I am. So, the first one up on PS2, Gumball 3000. Now, the Gumball is a race, if you don't know. That's like, it was featured, I think, in, in Jackass, one of the seasons. They actually did the Gumball race. And it's actually really cool. It's like a across Europe cha a driving challenge and stuff like that. So this is the cover art, though. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, you know, I don't know. There's a, there's a lady, a lady, no car. Well, there's a little bit of a car, mostly lady. Gumball 3000. So that's for my buddy John. He's also in the car, so he'll like it. And I got a real banger for the Wii. Ashes Cricket 2009. Yes, a Wii version of Cricket. It's four player. Um, but if, if you want to come over, I'll give you my buddy John's phone number and we can all play Cricket together. <laughs> uh, then I picked him up iToy Play 3, which 
I'm pretty sure we didn't get in the States. I think we got iPlay 1 and 2, and then we got, like, Connect and Groove and all this other stuff. I think. I'll have to double-check that. I'm pretty sure not. And it was 50... It was 50 cent euro. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not even a dollar. So, of course, you buy that. Uh, picked up Board Games Gallery. This is another... Uh, I don't know. We might have got this under a different name, but it was only a buck. It was a euro. So, it's got shoots and ladders on it. Snakes? Snakes and ladders? <laughs> snakes and ladders? Uh, but, you know, the usual board game fanfare, whatever. It's it's trash, but that's the whole point. And then lastly, I picked up this. This was never released in the States either, but a physical copy of Flockers on PS for PS4. Uh, it just looked kind of cool. I don't know. I was looking for oddities. This was actually the first game I bought. And so now I'm looking back going, I probably didn't need to buy this. <laughs> but, eh, whatever. You know, you pick stuff up. Um, and so that is all I had for the games I found at CEX in Ireland. That is, again... Uh, this store here, you know, it's it's your kind of media store. They don't really do a ton of retro stuff. Oh, I forgot one, actually. Sorry. I forgot the uh, the 164 game I found, <laughs> Lilat Wars. So, as you can see, it's very dirty, filthy cartridge. But this is Star Fox 64. Um, I believe for copyright reasons, they couldn't call it Star Fox in, the, uh, in, in Europe. Uh, so they call it Lilat Wars. And it's the same, same sticker and everything, but kind of cool. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching our pickups video. Um, keep an eye out for part two because I will be releasing that as well uh, with some more of the finds we found. And that one you're going to want to check out because that was from a couple of more indie shops. And so there was some really, really cool, uh, some really cool stuff that was more retro on that end. So definitely, definitely check it out. All right. So we're back for part two now. Part two of our game hunting in Ireland trip. So... I have quite a few games we picked up. I got to get my piles ready here. I have quite a few games I picked up at a nice... There were two stores I went to. One was pretty cool. One was not the greatest. Uh, but I found stuff at both of them. So I guess they're both successful finds. So the first one we're going to talk about is The Rage. So that's this store here. I think it stands for uh, Record and Gaming Emporium Rage. So when you see these pictures of this place... It looks like, oh, it's cool, lots of stuff. It is very small, and it is packed. However, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> that's not a bad thing at all. Uh, let me grab these two games out of here. So the uh, the store was actually really cool. When I first walked in, this is after I had been to two different CEX stores. And so I was feeling very, very disappointed in the game hunting. I was like, I'm not going to find anything cool in retro. This is all I'm going to find. And then I found this place, which was conveniently one block away from the last CEX I went to. So I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even have to walk that far. Um, and so I picked up first, I'm going to show some PS one games. We've got a few PS two, uh, mega CD, and we're going to go from there. So first up on the pickup pile, a copy of resident evil, nothing special, but, uh, one of my employees, if you watch the other video, David, he collects resident evil. This is actually the platinum series, which is their greatest hits, except it's not that disgusting green. It's cool silver. I wish we had gotten this instead of our, um, our greatest hits, but that's, uh, for my friend, David find a place to put all these and i found a copy of this <laughs> super strike hydra strike force hydra uh it's a shmup kind of get you up there to see i don't know if it's any good but it's five bucks five euro so when it's five you, you, you get it because even if it's not that great it's okay uh then i picked up a copy of pax corpus pax corpus you know that bang and hit pax corpus i have no idea i had never heard of it either 
Um, it looks very, very titillating. <laughs> um, for instance, the back. Plunge into the strange world of Oz Nama alongside Cashley, a dangerously seductive mercenary. Load your blaster, warm up your joints, and set off for an adventure. Okay, sold. <laughs> you, you, you had me at Pax Corpus. <laughs> Um, then I found a PS1 game called Tunguska. <laughs> Tunguska. Uh, this is join. Uh, uh, excuse me. So this is was a Europe only game. I think it was made like Poland or something. Uh, you join Jack Riley on his journey through another dimension as he struggles to overcome the forces of darkness and lock the secrets of the castle under the Order of Tunguska. So that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty rad. I don't know. Game looks stupid as hell. But, you know, when you find games that were only released there and you get to see them, of course you buy that. <laughs> Who the hell doesn't buy that? Now, this one I'm very excited for, even though overall the reviews are pretty terrible. Blaze and Blade. Now, this is an RPG. Now, old Greggy likes RPGs, as you may know. Um, now, these cases are filthy, too. So, if you see all this stuff, I'm going to take care of this. It just I literally just flew back last night. Um, so, check out check out these banging graphics, you know. Look what we got here. Um, oh, it's terribly blurry. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I thought the camera might change focus for a second, but it's so focused on the green screen, it doesn't care. Um, so yeah, I it's a let me let me read a little bit back here. This is what grabbed my attention. So one or two players, or with a multi-tap, four players, enter the magical land of Forestia, where you can participate in the adventures of four heroes who travel the land in search of fame and treasure. Three uh, D based, user friendly, and easy to start action RPG. So it's a, you can have a four person PS One RPG. That's, that's pretty awesome. 16 different playable characters, 400 items of armor, weapons, and other helpful accessories. And yeah, I don't know. It looks really good, but all the reviews were like four or five out of 10, like IGN and, and all this other stuff. So I don't know. Now, the thing about this game is it only came out here and in Japan. I should say, sorry, here as in uh, PAL copy, so Europe and Japan. So we never got this. The European version. Oh, hi, kitty. The European version, <laughs> the European version is in English, obviously. So that's a big difference as opposed to, don't jump up here again, come on, um, as opposed to, come on, my cats really miss us for being gone for two weeks, so they get to be in the video too. So, Blaze and Blade, uh, this is in English when the Japanese copy is not, so Japanese copy can be a lot cheaper. I want to say hi to everybody, is that what you want? Is that what you want? There you go. <laughs> there she got to say hi to everybody blaze and blade for ps1 pretty cool uh so then we start getting a little more of the weirdies i found a copy of this game i don't know anything about this i don't even know if it's good but i dropped 20 euro on it just in case bloodshot for the mega drive it's complete which i like obviously part of my collection is excellent um bloodshot superbly smooth 3d graphics and frantic one or two player split screen action now it is a it's a first person shooter like doom or wolfenstein and up to two people i really want to play this actually this is high on the list and the art obviously super cool too bloodshot put that there and then i picked up a couple ps2 games uh steel dragon ex this is a shmup know nothing else about it except that it sells for about 20 to 30 dollars after shipping online and i got it for 10 <laughs> so there's that uh i don't know it's a shmup though so it's cool kind of by default and this was an oddity that that really has you know a weird place but canis canum edit 
for PS2, aka Bully in the United States. So Bully had a different name here than did anywhere else. Uh, in most other regions, it went with this kind of interesting, like the 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 Latin, as opposed to just the word bully, like we got. Um, so I picked up a copy of that. It was 10 euro, which is about what it's worth, but I think I have people who would like this. I think actually my friend John, who is that weird collector we were talking about in the last video, I think he will enjoy that quite a bit. Uh, then a buddy of mine, Jack, asked me to pick this up for him. So this actually isn't for me, it's for him. Sonic, oh, hi, kitty again. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog on Sega Master System. Uh, no booklet in this one, sadly. Uh, that's a bummer. But, you know, really there wasn't a lot of stuff there like this, you know. And so, yeah, you kind of kind of take it as you see it, you know, when you're in a totally different country. <laughs> it's not much else you can do. And then lastly, I picked this up for Dom uh, as a souvenir slash Christmas present. Got a copy of Night Trap on Mega CD. So no different from our Sega CD version. But he actually collects every version of Night Trap. And so anytime, as soon as I saw this and I saw the price, which is 35 euro, which it's about what it goes for, maybe a few bucks higher after shipping, it would be about right on. I, you have to do it, you know, and I have to replace the case. This, this thing is pretty rough. There's some scratchy up there and some like this, this thing's cracked and beat up, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, and then that was at, uh, so again, I just want to show this place off. So that was at a place called rage. So if you're ever in Dublin, Check this place out. It was it was very cool. I was I was happy with the service there too. We talked nitty gritty. We talked games. They were down with things and I told them I owned a game store as well. And we got chatting. It was really nice. Um, oh, actually, I almost forgot. Man, I almost did this again. I forgot about two of the most important ones. So, my buddy Jack also asked me to pick him up an NES. Now you look at this and you go, Why do you want an NES? This is a PAL NES, so he can play um, his PAL games. Now, one thing you'll notice a little bit different about this one, if you look at the door, it says NES version. And so that's basically just a PAL NES. No big deal. It feels heavier, though. There might be some, uh, some extra shielding or something in there. But, and unfortunately, I can't show you what game I got because I haven't told him yet that I got it for him because this is his Christmas... Uh, Christmas surprise. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. Probotector. So I'll just tell him about it. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, I'm not worried about the surprise being ruined, but Probotector. So Jack, if you're watching this and we haven't had a chance to hang out yet, Merry Christmas, buddy. <laughs> All right. And then lastly, so I went to this other store. Went to this other store here. Let me bring this up. I found them on Facebook. They don't really have a website or anything. <laughs> uh, it's called Game Exchange and Bookmart. And uh, this is what it looks like. Um, if you can't really tell from the picture, but this is the front of their store. The rare games here. Can I blow this picture up a little bit? So the rare games are all in this front window here. Why is this so small? I hate Facebook sometimes. Um, and... Uh, that's they keep all the rare games in the window yes in the window where the sun shines and and, and messes them all up so originally i was going to go here before going to the jameson distillery on friday uh traffic was so bad as i was trying to get over there we were only going to get there have about 10 minutes to look and then have to uber away so i thought well i don't want to go if 
I don't have more time. So I actually opted to go back a different day, and I'm glad I did because when I looked around this place, I won't lie, nothing at all interested me. The prices were high on everything. The PS1 games were all dirty, cracked cases. It wasn't great. Pretty much your hole-in-the-wall shop that you don't expect to find much of anything. As I leave the store, the guy working locks the door, puts a sign up saying, be back later. Comes back like five minutes later from the back, must use the bathroom or something. No big deal. Then he comes outside locks the door again and leaves again. I'm like, okay. As I'm looking through the window here, though, I spot some treasure. And so I had to wait for him to get back. <laughs> After being open for an hour, he had to leave and go get breakfast or something. But I found two things of note. One, Demon Chaos for PS2. Now, this is a hack and slash that boasts 65,000 enemies on the screen at once. I don't think that's accurate. But I'm going to play this anyway. So it's kind of like, it looks just like a Dynasty Warriors type game. It looks super cool. We never got this here. Uh, and then, this was kind of the hidden treasure of the whole trip. Got a copy of The Note for PS1. Now this came out in Japan and in, uh, in Europe. And this is a horror game. Uh, it goes for about $130. Picked it up for 69 euro. So, I love you too, kitty cat. Um, picked it up for 69 euro. Not a bad price uh, compared to what it's going for now. Sadly, no booklet. So, like, when you open it up, it's got the front insert, but no booklet. So, that kind of sucks. Um, and it's not in the best of shape. This is another case I'm going to have to do some work on. I might even have to order, like, some cheap European games to get some nice cases because I'm just getting these cases are just kind of kind of terrible um but again they release this in europe and japan only so either you can get it cheap in japanese language or you can pay a little bit extra get it in english uh, i do want to put some videos up of these games and hopefully in the near future the problem is that pal games especially on ps1 and ps2 they size kind of funky when you're trying to capture them so i can run them through the frame meister and, and really work it out but you know so i might play them on an emulator just to just so you get a better viewing experience but we'll see um but anyway that's it. Um, uh, that was it for my finds in Dublin and Galway, a game hunting when I was away in Ireland. All right, and that's it for the podcast today, folks. Thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for putting up with a non-gaming news-related podcast today. I like to think you listen mostly just for whatever I would have to say. <laughs> I hope I'm interesting enough. <laughs> uh, however, uh, as always, if you can, uh, like subscribe, share, appreciate it on any, on any medium you have, follow me on Twitter at game trade, Greg, subscribe to us on Twitch or twitch.tv slash the drop rate. If you go to YouTube, you can subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash drop rate. Uh, any, any subs we get, we appreciate. We're getting really close to 6,000. So that's pretty cool for us after about two years. I think we'll be coming up on the three year mark actually in April. Will that be three years already? My goodness. I don't know where the time goes. But in any case, um, I really, really appreciate y'all. I'm glad that I did not perish on my trip to Ireland. And I'm glad I'm back, though. And, uh, and we'll be back next week with regular you know, game news and back to the regular schedule. But until then, thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for watching. Always appreciated. Have a good day. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.